It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Friday, but there's ah, no game know. on Sunday. Yeah. Whoop. Yeah. About. Are you guys that. not going to watch football? I mean, there's still oh, a lot of football. Watch. Yeah, we're going to watch like crazy. There's some good games. I mean, a, a Sunday without a Browns game to me though is about a four. Yeah. A Sunday with a Browns game is a ten. Yeah, I hear you. Some, but part of me is like. At least you can take a breath a little bit. You know, it's a little more relaxing. I don't breathe. Yeah, well, oh, that's fair. I like having a Sunday off. We're right. playing baseball. We're going to play baseball Sunday. AJ, AJ's got a baseball clinic. Nice. Oh, I thought you were going to play. Nah, come on. You made it seem like he's you were serious. playing. I'm like, no. If he's going to play, you better start yeah. coming out to my league. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody ready for the weekend? Yeah, man. absolutely. By the Sunday night game is the Cowboys against oh. the Niners. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That'll that's be a good. really good yeah. game. They've oh, met the playoffs the last two years, both times. It was like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Both times, Dallas had it deep in San Francisco territory late in the game with a chance to win it, and both times they failed. So we'll see what happens this time around. Yeah, Dallas is a good team. I think this is a real nice yardstick game for them. Yeah. See where they really Certainly stand. Is. And it takes you back to the old days. Oh, the, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the old Joe Montana, Dwight Clark. Yep. They had some great games back in the day, do even we, into the 90s. Do we buy into the Niners are such a good team, they're not going to lose two in a row, so let's have them beat the Cowboys so they're more likely to slip up against the Browns? Yes. Do you buy into that? Uh, yes. I don't know that one has to do with the other. It probably doesn't, but I, some people buy into that theory. I buy into let them beat the hell out of each other. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. a little bit with. of a short yes, week. Yes, Dallas is very physical, too. They're yeah. very yeah. physical. Yeah. It's a little bit of a short week. So they come in dinged up. We come yeah. in with 14 days rest. Right. And, man, I'm, all, I'm, all, for, I could, I'm all for ankles and hamstrings, bro. <laughs> you can't get that mad at you, bro. You mad because I said I ain't touching that. Be, be careful, G. I, I ain't touching that. I said I said I want the Steelers to get the tar beat out of them, and I became uh, all, all persona I said, non grata. For all, I, all I did is mention a part of the body. <laughs> can Ankles, we mention? Can we mention G's wardrobe for a second? Why is he dressed like he's going to a Playboy party? Very simple. We're on WKYC three today at twelve thirty. Yeah. So here's the deal: if you want to see yep. that thirty-minute exclusive content, you've got to get it on channel three. So if you don't know how to do that, it's very simple. If you're in the Cleveland area, you just turn your TV on to channel three. You all know where it is. Uh, if you're outside the Cleveland area, we know we have a lot of viewers. 
David in Australia. Yep. India. We got England. A, we got you can a, still watch us. We got a somebody sent a tweet to at least me. I think, but I think it was to all you guys from somebody in Scotland. I think yesterday. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I believe it. But if you're outside the Cleveland area, it's very simple. You can either go to wkyc.com, click the watch tab, yeah. or my recommendation is it's super easy. You just put the WKYC Plus app on any smart TV, phone, device, whatever. There I don't you know, know if they're available for phone, actually. I know it's, it's just the it's WKYC just, app on the phone. Right. WKYC or, Plus anywhere else. Right. Okay. There you go. And then you can watch it on your there big you screen. And you can also watch the UCSS YouTube version yes. five days a week on the WKYC Plus app. So, By the way, speaking of McNuggets, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit, but I'll admit it anyway. I uh, went through the McDonald's drive-thru yesterday Ooh. and had 10 McNuggets. <laughs> and here's the worst. In honor of beating him in, in arm wrestling. In honor of kicking his ass in an arm wrestle. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I got to say, by the way, they were terrible. And yet I ate them all. Well, you know they're nothing but beaks and claws. Well, right? that's fine. <laughs> it's everything. Is that actually true? Listen, or is that something that people just say? No, I don't know that. that I don't so, think that's. True. I don't know about McDonald's. Yeah. But I know many nuggets. What what it is is it's the parts they can't use elsewhere. All right. It's like the hot dog. It's snouts and hooves. I hear you. Hey, don't let that ear and nose go to waste. Grind uh, it up, put it in but, a sleeve, and we'll call it a hot but dog. But I like most people because McDonald's sells a lot of McNuggets. They do. Uh, I usually like them, but they were, first of all, I waited forever. Yeah. This was the longest wait for a drive to McDonald's ever. Uh, Yes. It wasn't like there was a line. I literally drove up to the machine to make my order. And it's not like you asked for a milkshake at 9.55. It was 10 McNuggets and a fry. They should have those ready to go at any time of day. Well, I want to apologize for my my people to you. (laughs) Yes, you should. My McNuggets family to you. I I am sincerely You're better than that, McNuggets. For that inconvenience. Got to get on top of it. The worst McNuggets I've ever had. Well, speaking of McNuggets, he has been working now for about four weeks on what he's calling the most intensive complete deep dive yeah. in the history of offensive line play since Noah. I think that's what you're calling it, right? <laughs> At least on this particular Browns offensive line in 2024, I think it's impossible to find more research 2023, on this group Mike. than I, yeah. 2023. Yeah. If you get offensive line, I want to see it. I've spent 2,024 hours trying to find the research <laughs> for the 2023 offensive he's line He's really group. proud of this, and I, I think he's put together something that's pretty special. I, yeah. I know McNuggets loves to do research. It's in his words, you're going to be stunned just how bad some of it is. Yeah. So that's yeah. a little tease okay. for that. Jonathan Taylor, do you trade for him? Do you maybe try to fix another position like left tackle or somewhere else? We're going to talk about that. Sean Porter of Boxing Fame wants to talk Browns. We want to hear him do it. And also keep cut trade. And then we'll get ready for the Channel 3 show at 1230. And with that, it's back to Mikey McNuggets. Hello again. What's up, guys? Uh, no bye week. I mean, no game this week. It is the bye, which means there's not a two-minute post-game show. However, we are back next week and the following week mm. and the following week and the following and the following. Hopefully all the way to the Super Bowl. The next 13. Hopefully. No, more than 13. Hopefully we all hope. the way to the Super Bowl. If they go to the Super Bowl, Tegna better send us to the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's go, Tegna. Come on. I hope so, but we will be there no matter what. Where is it this At year? every game. Where's That's Vegas? a great question. Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're definitely there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you see McNuggets <laughs> at the craps table? <laughs> I'm a blackjack guy. <clears throat> I, I am too. Mm. I'll, I'll meet you there. Mm. I'm doing. I'm going. Go, I'm going to uh, Canada to do some blackjack this uh, weekend. Nice. Oh. Why Canada? You can drive right up here to. I'm about to go do some winter's here. 
Oh, that's we right. We can gamble here right now. now. Oh, actually, I'm going to Niagara Falls on the, what's the name side. Oh, you're going the other way then. Yeah, I'm okay. going on, on the Canada oh, side. Now. Okay, I yeah. thought you were going. So you're actually driving to Niagara Falls. You may have to take out a loan to go to Outback Steakhouse there because the food prices are outrageous. Yeah, oh, I've really? Heard, I've heard everything. Why would you go to Outback Steakhouse? I'm just saying. No, just oh. anywhere. Perkins, their, their food prices, whatever. they're crazy? It's nuts. Yeah. Why? For nuts. a standard run-of-the-mill restaurant for two people to eat, I'm told it's 100 U.S. dollars. Oh, yeah. And Easy. if you go to a premium restaurant, you can double that. Yeah. No, and I don't on. know how it happens so quickly. I, like, I mean, is they getting real inflation? Real inflation. Like, well, like the real, like, oh, yeah, water is $10 inflation. It's, it's been like that forever <laughs> at Niagara Falls. Dang, the prices bro. are just insane. Oh, you mean just uh, at Niagara Falls? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's oh. a tourist trap, yeah, sure. obviously. Uh, but, all right, we're going to dive into um, <clears throat> this notion that there is something brewing on the Browns about Deshaun Watson deciding at the last minute, really, that he wasn't going to play on Sunday. And Jason, I'm just going to hand the floor over to you. I don't want to mischaracterize any of your information. I want to hear it right from the horse's mouth. Yeah, it kind of took off this week. It probably got blown a little bit out of proportion. But everything I said was true. Like, guys were aggravated in the locker room after the game. I think I said it on the piece I sent in Monday. He did. So, like, I'm just stating a fact. Like, guys were frustrated. And the reason they were frustrated. Restate it for those that didn't see the the original. basically, Deshaun told everyone he was going to play all week. He told all of his teammates, all the coaches, I'm playing on Sunday. And the media. And and the media. I'm going to play on Sunday. And then Sunday came, 1030 in the morning. Nope, I'm out. Can't play. And I, I think a lot of this could have been avoided had he just said all week long, this really hurts. I'm going to do what I can. Like, you know I'm going to do everything I can to play, and we'll see on Sunday where it's at. But This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. As I pointed out when I wrote this, like this was an arranged marriage between Deshaun and Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. These guys didn't know each other until they met at the altar at Rusty Harden's office in March of 2022. That's the first time that they really ever came together. So they're still learning each other and still figuring everyone out. And Deshaun's toughness stories are legendary, that he played with a collapsed lung. He's played with a broken rib. Obviously, if this guy can go, he's going to go. So when Deshaun tells you all week, I'm going to go, everyone just takes him at his word that, yeah, okay, he can't really throw it right now, but he says he's going to play. He knows his body. He's going to play. And that's where I think some of the breakdown in communication came. Now, the part that I think is getting a little bit probably stretched and overblown is like there's this big rift now between them. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. I think guys were just frustrated in the moment. They got their asses beat in a game that they thought they were going to have their quarterback. They didn't. DTR comes in clearly overwhelmed, clearly overmatched right from the and jump. And not prepared. And just – it just – he the game was too fast for him. It was obvious from probably the fourth throw of the game this guy's in over his head. And I think it was just more frustration than anything – I'm not trying to sit here and tell you guys that everyone has turned on Deshaun. That's not the case. The only thing I said was there was frustration and guys were aggravated, which is 100% true. That's all. And and now, and because, and I was also a little bit aggravated that, so when Kevin comes out and says, 
you know, I think it was Tony Gross, he asked him, well, he, was he medically cleared to play? And Kevin said, yeah, he's just being honest. How do you explain that? Because Kevin is it's so, so odd that he said it. He was it's, just being honest. Right. But he's never he was, honest. But, he, but he's so measured with all of his comments, Jay, and he knows what questions he should have realized that, that he had to have and, thought about and, how I'm going to answer this. And, and OK, maybe he should have said it was a collective decision, you know, whatever. But the fact is, he answered it honestly. And now all of a sudden it becomes, well, why is Kevin telling the truth? And why is he hanging his quarterback out to dry? And I guess I just wanted Did to come back. Did you see it that way? No, I saw it as he just was being honest in the moment. Like, do, do you what? feel that it put Deshaun Watson in a negative light? Um, maybe, possibly. But I guess that's why I said what I said to show that, like, hey, guys, like, this is real. Like, Kevin wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. I know, but to, these to guys were point, frustrated. You know, he's such a smart and measured guy. Yes, right. he is. He that's will say nothing before he tells the truth. And, and whether it... Like, the more you thought about it, you're like, okay, he's not going to throw him under the bus. It doesn't make any sense. But if Deshaun takes it as him throwing him under the bus, that could lead to friction between Stefanski and Deshaun. It, absolutely. Yeah. It could Even though we road. want these guys to be honest. Right. But then we get mad when they are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's it's the part fair. that I kind of roll my eyes right. at. Well, right, right. I, I don't necessarily want to say you get mad when they are. I, I mean, that is what it is. My thing is, your track record is you say nothing. Right. And yes. this time around, you said something that could be construed yeah. as being negative towards your starting quarterback. Why would you yeah. put any friction in the single most relationship for any NFL team, head coach and quarterback? That's what I and just... And that's fair. I still don't understand Yeah, it. and yeah. I, I think he just... I, I mean, we say, like, he chooses every word meticulously right. and he never yeah. says that's anything. That's why I can't buy that he slipped. I, I think he did. It's one of the just, most important questions he's answered during his time here. And I think he just, I think he just blew it. I just think he, it, but I don't think he blew it. Like, if you want to look at it as protect the quarterback, then he blew it. I just look at it as he's being honest in the moment. <clears throat> do, All do right. Do, do you okay. think, how do you think Deshaun Watson took it? Given the fact of he's, I'm not going to say he had rabbit ears or he's sensitive. Oh, you can say no, it. No, I will. <laughs> like, <laughs> or, listen, but he's been, he's been, he's been, vocal about protecting himself and correcting the statements when yes. he feels people say something that he don't feel is correct. Do you think he took offense to it or, or after the fact, did they have a conversation? I, you know what? I'm not, I don't know Deshaun well enough and I don't want to just make a guess. I have no idea how he took it. I'm sure there's a conversation. I'm sure there was. Mm -hmm. And especially after, you know, what I said kind of went nuts. Uh, I'm sure that there's been conversations going did on. Did Andrew Barry clean it up properly? I think he tried at yeah. the at, at his body. No, I know presser. that was his objective, but yeah. I'm wondering from your from your vantage point, do you feel that his answer was suffice and that if there was any thought that there could be friction, that he put all of that See, to bed? See, I look at it the other way because I think Kevin was telling the truth and I know what players told me, so I don't really care what AB's trying to say to clean it up because that's all it is, is he's just trying to sweep up a mess. But I know what the reality is. You know what I mean? Like, does yeah, that make no, sense? No, I do. I understand yeah. what you're saying. So I don't really care I what just he don't, says. I, I just don't necessarily agree with the first part of that premise, that Kevin was just telling the truth, and now we're going to kill him for telling the truth. His MO is he doesn't say anything. No, I, you're right. And so right. I, I think the reason all of us kind of went, wow, wait a minute, what did he say? Is because of his track record. If this was a guy who's been completely right. transparent and is known for saying stuff like that, yeah. I think it rolls off everyone's back. Right. And so that's Kevin being Kevin. But this was not Kevin being Kevin. I, I and, think, and yeah. I, that's the only reason. Right, I, think, I agree. And I, I think the important questions now for the team are, A, 
Is there any friction between Stefanski and Watson? You just said you don't know, and if anybody would know here, it'd be you, and you don't. So we'll see. I think I think I it's think probably it's, fine. I think it's too early to tell. Deshaun's not even in town right, right. now. Right? Is and it fair? And, and is that a, that's not unusual? Yeah. No. For no. players, it's not yeah. But I, is it fair for the players to have some animus towards Deshaun for not playing? Is I, that fair? Yeah, because he told him all week he was going to play. Okay. Okay. And and that's why I'm saying, like, you know, I think that the whole entire week probably looks a little bit differently from preparation, game plan, whatever. If Deshaun's saying the whole time, I don't know. I don't know if I could play or not. Like, let's get to Sunday and see. You guys know I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to do everything I can to play, and we'll see when Sunday gets here. But that's not how he handled it. He said, I'm going, like, absolutely definitively, I am going to play. And that's where I think the frustration came from. But I'm sure that, like, I mean, we're already, I I hate that we're talking about this on Friday, but I understand, like, I haven't been in all week. If it wasn't a bye week, we wouldn't be. It was poorly timed for that reason. There's two different types, in my mind, of being angry at someone, right? There are times on this show where we argue, it gets feisty, you know, and you're mad in the moment. Right. But then it goes away. Right. Because it's an in the moment thing. And then there's the mad where it's like, we got to have a conversation a week later because we're pissed at you each other. You come in the next day and yeah. you're right, still carrying right, that. Right, 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 right. Which one is which it? Which one is that? I That's would, a good point, Bull. I would tend to believe it's more the first in right, the moment. than the second. Which is, it's in the moment. These guys just came off the field. I'm talking to them 20 minutes after they come off the field, 25 minutes, and they got their asses beat and they're pissed. Yeah. And, and, and I think there's a, a part of it that's if you don't have Deshaun Watson, you don't have a chance to win. So those guys go out there, they think they're going to be competing against the Ravens, came off a nice win the week before, you're pumped, you're excited, like, let's go get it done, and then all of a sudden they tell you, oh, we got a rookie quarterback. To right. those guys, yeah, that's an L. Like, yeah. they just kind of knew we, we and, up against it. And, and remember, uh, you know, in week one with the whole, the Browns or the Browns or whatever Jamar Chase yeah. said. Yeah. I, originally, it was the Steelers saying the Browns are the Browns. Jamar Cleveland Chase, is Cleveland. Cleveland is Cleveland, right? You know, after you beat up the Bengals and then, you know, you feel like, okay, maybe this year is going to be different. If you're a veteran player on the Browns, you've been getting humiliated for the most part by the Ravens and Steelers a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? And and so, especially the Ravens. And and so you go into this game, you're like, all right, we got Deshaun Watson. We got a good, we're at home. We got a good chance to win this game. And so your frustration, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I were a veteran on that team that had been here, if I were Miles Garrett, if I were Joel Batonio, Nick Chubb, if I were healthy, and, at the, and, if, and if, if Deshaun Watson, my teammate, my friend, hopefully, is telling me all week he's going to play, I'm like, okay, here we go, we go. And then all of a sudden, Sunday morning, we find out DTR's playing. It's like letting the air out of the balloon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm Miles Garrett, I'm Joel Batonio, I'm Wyatt Teller, I'm Nick Chubb, uh, whatever, any of the veterans, I'm like, we got no chance. They're, they're, they're not living in la-la land. You yeah. could say to the media, we got a chance. They know they got yes. no chance. Yes, yeah. that's fair. And that and so in the moment, they're pissed. And then they actually got destroyed. Their ass kicked. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I, I tend to think it's probably already right. over. But it, as to your point, it's a bye week, so we're still talking about right. it. Yeah. But it, internally, I doubt that it's probably still lingering. I just, I told, I'm telling you the truth. Like, yeah, guys no. are pissed. And that's, I think that's the most important thing is these, that their their frustration was real. And to your point, I feel too warranted yeah. to some degree. The big question is, what's the carryover effect going to be? We talked about the timing of the bye yesterday. When the, when the schedule came out, we didn't love that it was early. Correct. I still don't. Um, when you look at it from a timing standpoint, 
I, who knows? Watson may have been ready to go Sunday anyhow. It did give him a little extra time to get ready for what most will agree is the toughest game on their schedule this year. But the reason I think all of this timing stinks is because they've got two weeks to sit on that and let that fester and they can't wash that ugly taste out of their mouth. And even when they do get that opportunity, they're going into a home game in which they're an underdog. And if it festers itself into another loss, the thinking is this problem compounds itself. It doesn't go away. Do you agree with yeah, all it that? Could, sure, it could. But I, I look at it as, and I agree with like week five is a terrible time for a bye because right. it just makes the rest of the season so long. Yep. But with where this team is at right now, your quarterback's injured, your center. Last time we saw Ethan Postick, he was walking out of the locker room with crutches. Right. So, you know, it's kind of an important spot. So right. I think this, and there's other guys that are banged up. Newsom missed the last game. Newsom missed the last game. Yeah. Miles went and got an x-ray. That's true. After the game. Yeah. So for that reason, and because of who the opponent is and gives you two weeks to prepare for what could be the best team in the NFC, I actually think it's a great time for a yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um I think they got a problem more than just the people being injured. I think they need to really go back and reevaluate what they're doing offensively. They need to really go back to the drawing board and figure out what is our identity and how are we going to get, like, watching the Cleveland Browns now, it's hard for them getting five yards. It's very difficult. Like, you know, how do we, how do we take and alleviate some pressure? Because, look, I'm looking at what they got. Uh, you know, I was I was talking to Quincy Carrier the other day. We was on a podcast, and he he said, uh, and I agree with him. He said, you know, you don't really have much to go out and get another tackle. I, and, and to me, would I move hell and earth to do it? Sure, I would, but that's just me. But I don't think they're going to do it. And if you're not going to make a change significantly and going to get an upgrade for Jed Wills, you're going to have to really, really change the way you think about concepts and getting the ball out quicker. And, and easier reads, um, because right now you can't run the offense that they want to run, and you have the offensive line the plan of what the, the way they have. Also, you know, you look at some of the concepts that they're running; it's just very basic. It's it, it's like the, when I go back and watch the Baltimore Ravens, and it's going to be even worse against the 49ers. The Baltimore Ravens are not scared of anything. They're playing man-to-man coverage, daring you to beat them over the top. And they are not confused by any route you're running. This is because it's basic. It's just I have not seen the playbook in which we talked about things were going to be massively different. It just hasn't. And I don't know how you do that in two weeks. I, I mean, you had you've had now a couple of off season, yeah, to but, go into the lab and come back with something that does really knock our socks off. I, again, I would we argue though it. that the last time Deshaun Watson played, the offense was very good. Yes, they were. So I, I think the we best need, they've been. I think we need to throw out the last game because they had a guy not qualified to start an NFL game at quarterback. If he comes back as Deshaun Watson that we saw against Tennessee. I think they've got a real shot against San Francisco. Of course. And the worst thing that can happen to me, I know there are no consolation prizes in losses in the NFL, but there is absolutely a difference in carryover. If you lose 27-24 in a hard-fought game, or if you get boat raced again. Yes, of course. There is, yes. a, there is a difference. difference. Yes, and if, I, I, my fear is you get boat raced, this thing could get sideways real quick. This That's is a right. barometer. This is like, to me, I'm looking at it to see if what you're running can be effective against top teams. To me, I'll find out all I need to know about the Cleveland Browns right here playing in this game. If you lose a close game and, and the defense is hungry, flying around, some of the concepts that you're running look simplified, but you're still moving the ball up and down the field, 
No holding penalties. Maybe you could you stay solid up front a little Win more. Win the turnover battle. I, I, yes. I, if you lose wow. 28 to 20, I ain't going to kill you. for. I, this one of the best teams in the league. But if you come in here and get smoked and you can't move the football, I'm going to question what is it that, that you can really do against top-notch teams. You know, I know that old saying, if, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts and all that. But I do think it's fair to point out they are one strip sack defensive touchdown away three and one. from being three and one right. and their only losses with DTR. You're and I absolutely think we're having right. a completely right. different conversation. And that is the silver lining. And hopefully that's what Stefanski and everybody is talking about in that locker room, because as gloom and doom as it feels after what we saw on Sunday, it's not that far away. No. It's close. No. And we'll get to something a little bit later in the show. And some of the odds, I couldn't believe. I'm with you. I think we're going to go in the sh- same direction. Yeah, I was shocked I was, when I I'm saw with it. you. Yeah. Uh, and, and we won't give it away, but stick around. Is that the TV show or is that YouTube? I don't remember. Yeah, no, that, that is that, coming that, up on the TV show, yeah. as is an interview with Dr. Jesse Morse, who is a sports physician specialist, who gives us an update on Deshaun Watson's right shoulder and Nick Chubb's knee. And that interview's already been done. It was pre-taped. Um, let's tease the audience for the Channel 3 show. Did we learn anything Did, at yes. the end of it? Because it's yes. really hard for a doctor to talk yeah. about a player when he hasn't examined that. No, right. but he, he was good. Good. G and I spoke. So to we're going to be smarter for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know typically we work a lot with doctors upstairs at the clinic, and I've called many. I have many doctors that I call on a regular basis on certain injuries, and they all say the same thing. Look, I haven't seen the screens. Right. I yeah. haven't seen the MRI. Yep. I have no way of knowing. There's levels to all of it. Yep. Is it a 10? Is it a 1? I don't know. He, he talked about, you know, he, he gave us the answers based on the knowledge that we have. That's good. public information. Right. Okay, good. And it, it, we also asked him about Nick Chubb, too. So yeah, that, no, yeah, that's very yeah. good. I'm anxious yeah. to hear what he has to say. Very good. All right, you want to go into your offensive line deep dive after you read? Yeah, let's do that real quick. But before we do that... I want to remind the good people out there that if you need any Browns gear for the upcoming season, make sure you check out fanatics.com slash UCSS. It has all the best Browns gear on the market. Plus, you help UCSL, UCSS out on the back end. And real quick, we did a poll result. And I'm going to read you guys the poll result here from our first topic. Whenever we do that, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils at Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We just asked the YouTube chat, based on the discussion we just had, is it a big deal or no big deal that players expressed some frustration with Deshaun after the game against Baltimore. 69% said no big deal. 31% said big deal. So I think they're pretty in line with us that that frustration Mike, I right afterwards. Bowl. I got a beef with you, Paul. <laughs> of course you do. Okay. There sh- you should have had three options. It should have been big deal, little deal, no deal. Uh, got- Anthony, let's make a second poll. Deal or no deal? <laughs> I'm recount. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to avoid making it. Because the answer there. is it's a little deal right now. It is. There's something there. It's a little deal. Um, Certainly not a big deal. But you can't say yeah. it's nothing. No, I, 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 would, I think the vast majority would say that it is a, a very small issue. If 69% said no deal, Lunch. then it's definitely not a big deal. That number will be even yeah. smaller for big deal. When yeah, you would think option. that 69% still are going to say no deal. But if they had an option to say there's something there, but we don't think it's much. Yeah. Uh, I think upstairs in the newsroom, we had a conversation yesterday about somebody asked, is the media overblowing this? And I said, 
Well, it all depends on which media you're looking at, number one. If you're looking at state-run media like the Browns media, <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> they're not overblowing this at all. Nothing to see here, never mind the smoke. Yeah. However, to say that there's, oh, why would this be, a, this is a nothing burger, that you can't say that either because you answered the question appropriately. Has there at least been a conversation between Watson and Stefanski? Sure there has. Sure. Absolutely there has. And because of that, here's the thing. And you said this earlier and you said it earlier in the week. If Deshaun Watson perceives it as a slight. That's, that's all that matters. Then it is a slight. <laughs> yes. It's like saying, you know, why should I apologize? Well, if someone feels aggrieved, maybe you don't apologize for what you said. Maybe you apologize, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. So I think they're grown men. They're going to get in a room. They're going to hash this out. And I don't think it's a major deal no, at all. definitely not. But it's certainly something. And here's the other thing. It's a bye week. What the hell else are we going right, to talk right, about? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand that when you're filling 10 hours of content a week, uh, you got to talk about something. And this was certainly being talked it's about. It's certainly worthy I, of being talked Market-wise. I feel like it, it could potentially be something if you do not have a ground basis relationship. If you got yeah. a relationship with somebody and somebody say something that you don't like, like Bull said, like you could always pull him aside, be like, "Yeah, my bad. I, you know, I want to get your right, idea right. on this, and you can you can work it out." But if you got just a working relationship with somebody, that's right. never good. Yeah, and they say something, you keeping that, like yeah. you, you yeah, tucking that, like you like, hold on, we ain't even we don't eat birthday cake together. We ain't even had no lunch, no drinks, no after hours. I don't go to your kids' birthdays. You don't come to mine. Why are you talking about me? Like Marshawn Lynch said about Russ Wilson. I didn't even have that man's phone number. That's right. right. Like, at some point, you have me, to have some kind of relationship. Meanwhile, G and I were eating the fried chicken and mashed potato bowls together this morning. <laughs> Ignore I Mike's, hope not. Ignore we me, were. Ignore you me. ate That's fried all. chicken already that today? That is true. I can't get yeah, it. Oh, my God. I don't Where did you find fried chicken was, and mashed so, potato bowls? So How G, in the at world? At 1030 in the morning. So, I'll tell you what happened. Two so, minutes, both. Two minutes. We got here very early because we were taping the interview with the doctor. Right. So, G and I were here really early, and I was going to run out and just go get some breakfast. But G and I got into this long conversation. We won't discuss what we were talking about. <clears throat> but with this long conversation, eventually we got to the point where I couldn't run out to get something. So I said to G, take a walk upstairs with me so we can continue our conversation. I want to get a snack. Well, I saw in our kitchen upstairs... They had these frozen oh, yeah. Stouffer's meals, okay. and it's fried chicken with mashed potatoes, gravy, and, and corn. And I'm like, gee, you ever have one of these? Nope. He's like, no. I'm like, you're having one now. I'm buying it. We're going to eat FYI, we do call that machine the wheel of death. That microwave? <laughs> that's the worst microwave in the history of the planet. I know it is. I don't yeah. even know. It's the that worst. Boy, I'm not sure it works. That, I think it took us like a half an hour to heat yeah, everything up. Like you just, probably have cancer now. We from, might have right. cancer for that. <laughs> the wheel of death. And, then, and, and we sat and ate. We, we, well, we ate pretty fast because there was not a lot of time left. But yeah. you broke bread. Here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It, it, the answer of is this the thing moving forward? Yeah. Win Sunday. Next Sunday. Oh, yeah. And this thing is dust in the wind right. faster than you can sneeze. It's yeah. gone. Yes. I mean, 100%. it is gone. Yeah. So that you're winning hides all these warts. That's right. And that's hopefully right. that's where we are. Okay. All right. Let's get into our offensive line deep dive here, guys. And before we get into the numbers, I have a question for you. Each of you go around the horn. Jay, we'll start with you. We'll end with Bull. Okay. What do you think the Browns' offensive line has been worse at this season, run blocking or pass blocking? I would think it's pretty close. They've been equally bad, but I think their run block has been particularly bad. G? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, as think I, of all the long runs they had. They were I, all cutback runs. As I, as I look down, I think they're really bad at, um, in, in run blocking. I think they're horrible. Jason? I think I know the answer because Mike and I were texting a little bit this morning, so okay. I'm, I'm going to say run blocking. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's funny. I was going to say run blocking. I'm shocked <clears throat> because you guys have been, you two have been talking all week about how this team was made to be run blockers, and now you're saying they're worse against the run. Well, I think they were. I mean, when you have Nick Chubb and you're building yeah. a line, you are building a line on the run I, block But side. I expected you guys but, to say passing. Well, listen, I, th- the answer if I had a blindfold over my face would be, well, certainly they're better at run block, but I can't take the block. I'm watching, and what I'm seeing is uh, yeah. what they're supposed to be good at, yeah. they haven't been. I'll say, so. I, but that's what I thought, run. So we're a clean sweep here, Mike. So we're going to present the numbers. Okay. And we're going to revisit that exact same question afterwards. All right. Okay, so we're going to do it like this. And we'll start. The three systems I use for certain graphics, and it's going to be the first one we see, comes from ESPN, PFF, and SIS, which is a sports information system. Does all the uh, analytics. Ben Walwin puts it all together. Right. And we're going to start with the Browns' run-blocking composite score. So this takes from three different sources. The top score is 100. That's the best. According to PFF, the Browns' offensive line, regardless of which five guys it is, that unit has graded as a 21 overall through four weeks, according to PFF and run blocking. ESPN has at a 40. SIS has a 56. That is 25th overall in the league. Now, before we move to the next slide. What is 25th overall? Their total composite score, which is a 39. Okay, so their yeah, total that's composite of a 39 is so, 25th. So, in the so they rank 25th out of 32. Yeah, out of 32. So the number correct. that we're not seeing oh. there is the aggro or the, so, the, the, the composite. Are you averaging okay. those? Like, did you average exactly. the 21, yeah. 56? That's what he's doing. Okay. Yes, that's so the Mike, Yes. All three of those scores are based on the 0 to 100 scale? Correct. So that's kind of weird that, like, You'll see some big variations oh, depending on the system. That's huge variation. Yeah. Yes. And that, that well, is Well, again, we talked about this not being a science. It's not a science. I mean, it's just not. Yeah, and that's now I is... think SIS weighs more on statistics, where PFF weighs more on eyeballs. Am I right? Yeah, PFF's the SIS system is simply numbers. It yes. is not a single human eyeball. It's like the BCS in college exactly. football, exactly. Okay. As opposed to so the other fraudulent. two, which takes SIS. Well, fraudulent. I mean, you can glean something from it, but what you're not look. It's it's just what we learned from Sam on, yeah. earlier this week. You, if you just looked at the box scores, you lose all context. That's right. That's what the SIS number yes. is. They're strictly crunching numbers. And, and the and, SIS is the highest of the three and, numbers and, and, for the Browns. And, and, and keep that right. in mind for when we see pass blocking. And, okay. and, and offensive line play is the trickiest of all because most people don't watch offensive line. Most people don't even know offensive line. Most people don't know how to watch offensive like, line. Yeah, they don't what know are they doing at. up there? Like yeah. they just yeah. Did you give up a sack or no? So right. that's the composite scores. Now, here's the deep dive into the run blocking from the offensive line. And this I found fascinating. Yards before contact, an important stat leading mm-hmm. to any good running back. Uh, you can take it here, full Steve. In 2020, the Browns' offensive line averaged giving their running backs 2.39 yards per carry before oh. contact. That was 12th in the league. In 2021, same number, 3.39. It was 10th. In 2022, it was 2.48, which is fourth. This year, they're currently ranked sixth at 2.72. However, Ford's 69-yard run against Pittsburgh, he was untouched. Right. If you take that one run out of the equation, the number drops to 2.06, which ranks 27th out of 32. Now, I know it's four games. That's one why run, one run one has run such means a dramatic a lot. skew. Exactly. So, so far this season, outside of one run, and I know it's not fair to take yeah, you one take run that out of the out. equation. If you took... The, the reason that's not fair, Mike, is because if you took one run 
off of every team, it might lower well, everybody. There are actually some analytic systems that do this. They top, take the, 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 the best the three out, the worst three out, yeah. and then look at everything else. I, I'm curious. So there's a hundred, real quick. So at that number yeah. for the 2.72, 103 carries. So if okay. you take one, you're still looking at a uh, sample size of 102 carries. So 25 carries 2.06 yards per contact. So they've uh, actually been very good. Contact. No, it's 27th in the league. I'm sorry. The 2.06 without the run. It's very uh, bad. Again, but but again, that's not fair because if you took out that one run from every other team. Yes, take out rank? every team's home run run. Oh, yeah. Granted, run I was just giving you guys context. Right, okay. Right, and you can see the difference. What one run does, it drops it. By right. 0.6 yards. Mike, I'm is, curious. Yes, sir. Did you separate the um, the yards per contact with Nick Chubb and the runs without Nick Chubb by any chance? I did not, but that I could actually pull that do. up. I, would I, be I do have a that, spreadsheet with that. Let me okay. get to that at the very end, right, and yeah. we'll revisit that only because I have to pull okay. up a, a spreadsheet. All right, we'll go to the next one. Now we're going to talk pass block before we get to individuals. Now remember, SIS was the – Highest graded score when it came to run blocking. Right. Now, in the composites for the pass blocking, SIS looks at this in a completely different light. Their overall composite score between ESPN, PFF, and SIS is a 71 in terms of protecting the passer. That ranks 11th in the NFL. PFF gives them an 82. ESPN gives them a 92. And SIS, which we've mentioned before, is strictly numbers yeah. and analytics, gives them a 48 for an 11 Whoa, overall. Whoa, it's simply – I mean, PFF is using analytics as well. But they have eyeballs as well. It's yeah, like the BCM. SIS is just numbers. There's yeah. nothing to do with the human so, evaluation. What this tells me at this point is that there's actually a massive gap between the Browns' pass blocking and run blocking, which I didn't think was the case. 11th in the composite in pass blocking, 25th in the composite well, in run they blocking. Must, I mean, PFF and ESPN, they must be top five pass blocking. Just those two. Uh, I can tell you real quick. <laughs> <clears throat> Pull it up real quick. Uh, according to ESPN. ESPN, yeah, yeah, and here's this chart right here in the run blocking composite for ESPN. Oh, it just ranks them by composite. I apologize, right. but I can well. Do but you can see math. based on the numbers that they're on ESPN and PFF. The Browns are are clearly in the top at the very least top. They're seven ninth or eight. on ESPN and pass block. Ninth on ESPN. Okay. Wow. And what about at a PFF? 92? Oh no no no, that's PFF ninth on ESPN. They are got to be top five. Third. Third. Okay. Third. Behind All right, so, Kansas City. <gasps> and so the Browns are pass blocking a lot better than we think they are. According to ESPN. Yeah. And PF. And I think my other takeaway is, yes, they're pass blocking a lot better than we thought. Yeah. But the other thing was uh, the gap between pass block and run block is a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah. I mean, I thought both were mid to below and they were going to be close, but the block run block would be worse. It's it's opposite ends of the spectrum. Here's what I'm wondering with the run blocking grades. Does anything, does the tailback have any impact on it whatsoever? Like, are you looking strictly at the blocking schemes no, or I'm, the result yeah, of the play? I, I would think the running back does have. Uh, it does. I would assume it does. SIS yeah. definitely went, does. And from and, from my experience, when you grade offensive and defensive linemen, they take no account of what happened with the play. Like, well, if, if if say for instance we watching film. We don't even watch the running back. The back's gone. No, so, based on that, yes. But in terms of yards before contact, the running back factors in. Because if the run, yeah. if, if you have a running back like Nick Chubb, who's going to be way more decisive than, than these inexperienced backs like Jerome Ford, well, 
he's going to get going quicker, which makes it harder for the team to make that contact earlier. And you know the saying? back that just makes guys miss. Yeah. If you if you yeah. make if you put your foot in the dirt and you get to a corner before someone else because you have the speed to do that. Yeah. Like Ashan or Ashan or however he's pronouncing his name now. Achan. Achan. Like, you know, I imagine that he's he can do that as well too. So the Jerome Ford sixty nine yard run against Pittsburgh, he was not touched. However, but he did not the, follow out what that play was supposed to be. The play was not necessarily blocked properly either. He no, had nowhere to go. Right. It, was a, it was a run to the right. Right. And he so ended up cutting I have all a the hard time giving the the line credit for no, that. He gets when credit that for was that. all the back. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and we've seen a lot of Nick Chubb Chubb's runs are the same thing. Right. Yeah, he, you know, the play was clearly designed to go to the right. He quickly recognized, oh, that's not happening, and just immediately takes off the other it way. It goes and he's both gone. ways. There are times when the offensive line blocks properly and the back doesn't see the hole. You're right. It does go back. On the and other that's side, more, and it that's goes more, the same way. And that's much more likely to happen with a Jerome Ford than a Nick Chubb. In that, my mind, yes, because Nick Chubb always seems I, to I make the right I can't imagine Nick Chubb's missing many well-blocked holes. Yeah, he did. You know? So let's talk about the pass-blocking thing real quick. So they overall graded out well. But when you look at the other side of the numbers. I don't know. Did the run grade out well? No, the run pass. did not grade out well. I thought you said overall they, they graded the out well. Overall graded out well is pass. Oh, oh the pass block, yes. Some of the numbers are weird. Now, Brown's quarterbacks this season, these are all quarterbacks with at least 30 pass attempts, which eliminates guys who have just played garbage time. Essentially right. one start. Right. DTR had 3.23 seconds before he released the ball in the game against Baltimore. Now, this is out of quarterbacks with at least 30 uh, pass attempts this season. It's the second highest time to yeah, throw in the entire NFL. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, one below. Third, 3.14. You combine those together. The average of a Browns quarterback to throw this season is 3.19 seconds. Now, That's you bad. could look at that two different ways. Yeah. Are they holding on to the ball too long? Yes. Is the offensive line actually giving them more time to throw than we give them credit for? Is that elusiveness from the quarterback? Are they not being confident in their first reads? Is Kevin Stefanski calling plays that are taking too long to develop? It's probably a combination of all the above. Or the wide receivers just aren't getting separation. That also is that yeah, also I, could I, be a factor. I think the I think the DTR you got to just completely take out of it because it's it's the the reasons for that is very different. He he was in over his head. He didn't really know what the hell he was doing. But that time to throw shows you he had time. Yeah, he was getting he had time. time. Right, right, and that a lot of the Brown sacks are on the quarterback for holding the ball. I, we've kind of we've yeah. suggested that all year. Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to what I said last year when they moved from Jacoby to Deshaun. A lot of the linemen were used to the ball coming out faster. Yeah. And when right. Deshaun and, – and this isn't a knock on Deshaun. This is part of what makes him great. You're right. Is the fact he can hold it, let things develop, let right. things play out. And buy extra out time with his feet. Buy, yes. Word. But, when you, but, but, when you're, but when you're a lineman – it doesn't feel that way. You're <laughs> right. going 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Where's the ball? Why isn't the ball out? Right. Yeah. So it's it's harder for the lineman to adjust to that yeah. type of style. But it, it it's just how he is. Like, that's part of what makes him great. Yeah. That's, you know, when I've mentioned a, f- a number of times, well, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. So maybe the Browns can do the same thing. The thing is, Joe Burrow, I don't know about this year because this year has been a mess. But until this year, he's always been top two or three in terms of 
least amount of time holding the ball. Right. And when you have a, a, a leaky offensive line, you've got to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. Now, he's got better wide receivers that are getting open more often than the Browns guys are. But still, they've got to get rid of the ball quicker. I think that's part of it. Especially because even though, even though clearly the offensive line in pass block is doing better than we think, but Jed Wills, I'm guessing, isn't. He's We're clearly the weak link. Now, one of the, one of the reasons I also look at, I look at how many times people are in motion. <clears throat> when you look at the Cleveland Browns, you look at the top teams with guys in motion, pre-snap and post-snap, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you look at the Miami Dolphins, you look at the Chargers, they're all in the top 10. Those guys use motion before the snap, after the snap to get their guys in good looks. When you watch the Browns, they come out and they're probably middle of the pack to lower in the league and motioning guys moving them around. If you look at it, they come out with, you know, 13 personnel. They come out with 11 personnel and guys are just, you know, on the line of scrimmage. And when you watch the games and I go back and watch the Bengals, I go back and watch the Ravens games, even Tennessee to a certain extent. Tennessee plays some zone and they found some things they can exploit. But when you watch the Ravens game and you watch some of these other games, the corners are quick twitch athletes that can deal with whoever you got. DPJ, Elijah Moore, they're, they're taking man-on-man coverage. And then when you look at some of the concepts they're trying to run, you're looking at high-low concepts where you're trying to influence a linebacker to either throw it, make him make a decision and throw the ball before, in front of him, behind him. Those things take time to develop. Like, you, if you want to run a high-low concept and you got the ball going down 12, 13 yards down the field, you, you got to let it develop. And the problem is they, they don't have any gimme, simple, quick, cherry-picked stuff that every team runs. Right. And it's just too hard to run those plays if you're not creative well, you said enough. on the catch-22, or the on, on the all-22, that you noticed that uh, all day long, Njoku was running open. Yeah. If you did, some of that bread-and-butter stuff, he would chip. And they were actually even helping uh, on Jed Wills. They kept, uh, they kept uh, uh, you know, David Njoku in. And he would chip and then release. And right then, he's open. Like, if you get it to him now... In, in space, he got five, six yards, and you can, that's the bread and butter. But when, you're, when your progression is, if your coaches are telling you, we look to DPJ right here on the shallow cross, that's one. The dig is two to Amari Cooper, and then three is the check down. He's not even looking at David. He's not getting to it because, to your point, it's all happening too fast. It's too fast yeah. for all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a blur going by him. All right, what's I your want, next I want to bring up one more thing, Steve, you pull the graph back up. On 11.6% of Browns dropbacks this year, it's resulted in a sack. That's six in the league. The Giants are at 17.2. This is a Patrick Mahomes stat I found, but I want to throw it in here just because it's going to blow your guys' mind. Deshaun Watson, for comparison, has been sacked on 25% of the dropbacks he's been pressured, which is right around league average. So 25% of the time there's pressure if he takes a sack. Yeah. When Patrick Mahomes gets pressured, he gets sacked 3.6% of the time. Because he's so good at getting just, out of the pocket and There's nothing to do with this. Field. But it was the most absurd that I found out of all of these. You know, that's interesting. That might be the answer to why he has sort of cracked the code as the NFL's best quarterback. Because, and I know Lamar can do that too, but I think Patrick has the better arm. But we saw it on the Sunday night game on the third and 22, in which, by the way, the referees missed a clear holding. On oh, that holding, that holding was Oh, crazy. my God. He held that guy oh, all the way down the field. Slow down, they missed that. But on third and 22 everybody's got their man. And we talked about this on why you don't necessarily want to play man with a running quarterback. All of the corners and safeties had their backs to him. By the time they knew he was running, he was at the first down line. Yeah, yeah. And, and right. I think that stat right there drives home, maybe more than any other, why this guy is just so elite. 
He just well, doesn't take sacks. On the flip side of Elite, we got to talk about 71. Yeah, this is would. tough. And there's two graphics. We'll do them both, and then you guys can react. We'll start with the PFF grades, which, once again, we have proven is not a perfect science, but it's really the only apples-to-apples apples comparison where you could rank up other guys you're not watching. So There's no better way to, to – unless you're watching pl every player on every play individually. There's nothing better, in my opinion, but go ahead. So, overall, he has a 45.4 grade this year. That ranks 95th out of 104 qualified tackles. His pass-blocking wow. grade, a 53.8. That's 74th out of 104. Uh, one of those pass-blocking tackles did not actually uh, block on a run play. His 44 run-blocking grade is 101st. Out of 103. He's allowed 18 pressures through four games. That is four and a half pressures per game. He's wow. on pace to allow 77 pressures this season. Now, Bull's going to ask, well, what's the context? What's the most pressures that guys allow per season? Well, last year, Ed Ingram of the Vikings led the league with most pressures allowed, 63. 14 oh less than Wills is on pace for. In 2021, Alex Leatherwood, who's now on the Browns practice squad, <laughs> led the league in pressures allowed with 67, 10 fewer than he's on pace for this season. In 2020, Juwan Taylor, the new right tackle for the Chiefs, led the league with 58 pressures allowed. And in 2019, Nate Solder of the Giants led the league with pressures allowed with 56. So even in the last four years, the yeah. most pressures allowed is 10 fewer than Jed Wills is on so pace it's to allow this season. He's on pace to not season. just be the worst in the last five years. He's on pace to be the worst by a lot. It might be the worst ever because we uh, both thrown so much. You know, who knows? Mike, how does he compare to the rest of the Browns at this point? The rest of the Browns linemen. We'll get that? to them. We're going player by player. So we'll get to that in one sec in terms of pressures allowed. I have that for all five. Could you tell linemen. me just. It is he, significantly more. He's, so, he's allowed 18 pressures. Correct. The next highest is eight. And now, now, so what about the other four guys combined? Is it more than 18? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, but, well, there's four other guys. And, and real quick, before G, you go, I got one more, two more things on Jed Wills. So he's allowed 36.7% of the pressures that the Browns as a team have allowed. That's the third highest individual pressure rate compared to their team you in would, the entire yeah, NFL. You would expect that it would be 20% for all five guys. Exactly. And, I mean, exactly. if all things were equal. Right, right, right. And so he's allowing the pressures almost of almost double. two. Yeah. yeah, right. And, and then wow. one last stat. And I'm not exactly sure the formula PFF uses for their pass block efficiency rating. Trent Williams and Panay Sewell of the Lions both have 100s. They lead, wow. they lead the league through four weeks in pass block efficiency. Jed Willis is a 93.7, <laughs> which ranks 82nd. So even a six-point gap from 94, essentially, to 100 drops you down 80 82nd spots. 82nd out of how many? 101. Is that – is it – I'm just guessing that the way they're getting to that number is how many pressures you allowed per dropbacks. Right. And the way you get to 100 is you have allowed zero pressures and, on the year. And, and remember, if you're 82nd, <clears throat> that means you're a lower-tier third tackle. That's what you should yes, be. Yes, not a, not a starting left a tackle. A lower-tier. Well, that's counting guard centers everyone, right? That 101? No. No, that's just tackles. That's just that's tackles. tackles. That's just, just oh my yeah. God. That and, and that's your left tackle. That you're means starting. you're a subpar third stringer. Now, now, yeah, or a backup. Now, here's what and that's why when I said on Monday, this line's going to get someone hurt. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm going to say this, and, and, and Andrew Berry has to answer for this, bro. Yeah. Like, like, it's not the fact that you draft him and you whiffed on that. It's the fact that you gave him a fifth well, year. Well, it's what we said to Chris what, Rose like, yesterday. Like, what, You're doubling down on what, a bad what, mistake. Like, what, what are you watching 
that says this is okay. He's getting like, worse, though. Like, I, that's the regressive. He, he wasn't this bad as a rookie. No. Like, to your point earlier this yes, year, like, he was manageable. Yes, he I thought is he was, not manageable I thought right his now. rookie season was the only year he was okay. I thought he was serviceable as a rookie, yeah. and he's gotten a little worse each year, and now he's, he's falling off a cliff. And, he's falling off a cliff. He has. Yeah. And then you, why, can't, why aren't they seeing this? Oh, they are. And then you, you can't proceed like this, Jay. But, Someone's, you're going to hurt your $230 million yeah, quarterback. Yeah, but no, he compounded it by giving Jack Conklin a deal when they knew he was hurt injury prone. Yeah. Knew it. So the you're you're now have an albatross at your tackle position and you're trying to figure out how to keep your two hundred and thirty million dollar quarterback upright with a shoulder injury. Yeah. Good luck with that turnstile. In, in the whack-a-mole game, yeah. last year it was the defensive tackles. This year it's the offensive tackles. Are we getting to are we doing the <laughs> trades conversation soon? We probably will save that for Monday. I'm okay. guessing time-wise it'll be a Monday conversation. Man. Because they need a left tackle, in my mind, more than they need a running back. I agree. Well, nothing nothing yeah. drives that home more than these numbers. Yeah. I, I actually was going to answer that question, the trade. Yeah. I don't need a running back. What good is a running back if you don't have a line? <laughs> you know, it's not glamorous. It's not sexy. But they have got to do something at left tackle. And I know Chris Rose said yesterday, there's no left tackle store. I get that. Go get one. Yeah, right. Whoever you get is going to be better than this. Yeah. All right. That's so we true. still got the other three. We're going to skip Ethan Pochich, but we'll do Dewan Jones and the two guards. Dewan Jones, based off those similar numbers, 55.5 overall PFF grade, which ranks 55 out of 104. His pass blocking has been pretty impressive, 71.5. That's 38th out of 104. His run block grade, Whoa. though, uh, it literally does not get worse. He's the wow. lowest-rated run blocking tackle, Oof. according to PFF in all of football. He's allowed eight pressures this season on pace for 34, which is right around league average. That is almost for a rookie. For the last I mean, that, you know the run block you t- numbers. You take are that and run to the bank with the rookie. The thirty-four pressure. Yeah, but I don't want any. I don't want to be dead last in anything. No, the run block rate is horrible. Gee, why would you suppose? I, I'm. I, he's got great footwork for a big guy, but why would you suppose that he's doing fairly well at pass yeah, pass block? Well, well, but is dead last in run well, block. Well, well, listen. If you run an inside and outside zone, um, and you don't reach somebody you don't get to the next level that's a minus if you let guys make inside moves and penetrate that's a minus if you if you let guys penetrate they don't get penetration it's it's the lateral movement that get them and sometimes when you don't know your which where you're going if i say we're going to run inside zone and we're going to double team with Wyatt Teller from here to the to the Sam Backer if you double team and get to the Sam Backer and he beats you somewhere then, that's a that, minus yeah. So, you know, especially Jason said it earlier, there's a lot of times when you are a tackle. Tackles are supposed to be the guys that know what to do. Like guards are the ones that ain't supposed to know what to do. The guard, you know, when I play guard, I'm tapping the my head, <laughs> tapping the center, or I'm tapping the tackle. What am I doing on this play? I don't know where we're we going with this. They tell me. <laughs> right. our, our center was like a road scholar. And Jay like, said that's happening a lot. Oh, like, God. So it's, it's, in a run game, it's tough. Yeah. Now, it, the last game, I, honestly, I didn't watch it as much in the Baltimore game, I, but the game, the Tennessee game, DeWan yeah. seemed to know his assignments a little bit better. I think it was the Pittsburgh game where it was almost every play. Why it was in his ear telling him what to do and where to go. Yeah, so it was you, constant. On the right, and plus two, I've been <laughs> noticing on the all twenty-two, it's the Nick Chubb effect. These guys are getting to their initial blocks, but letting them go. Yeah, not holding they're not the block. sustaining blocks. There's by by the way, there's holes. There's mm-hmm. holes that guys can run through, and it's just one guy. It ain't like everybody getting blown up. It's one guy, Mister Guy, or well, one it guy. Only takes it, one. It only takes okay, one. Okay, so I'm curious. 
now that you've seen these numbers, how do you feel about the game plan that they ran on Sunday when they didn't run the ball? Because I was with you well, saying they got to run the ball. You got to give your quarterback a well, chance. Well, they're seeing the same thing. But when you look at those numbers, you got no chance. Yeah, the ball and and right that's, I guess, Jason, that's what they're seeing. They're saying not only is our run block worse than we thought, our best running back isn't here to hide all those warts. That's right. So we can't run the ball. It's just, and, and by proxy, you're now one dimensional, which is a big Dangerous. problem in the NFL. I have a question for you, G. From a mental standpoint, which is more difficult to grasp? Pass block concepts or run block? Pass. Listen, if you got enough time and you rep it enough, they're going to give you a different shape or, or, or different front sometimes. But after a while, there's only so many fronts they can give you. Right. Run block, that, where you get tricked is when they start coming with these blitzes, you got to deal with the speed. You got to deal with whether or not another guy's coming. You got to pass them off and you got to learn protections. Sometimes on protections, you know, you might be on an island and you don't know it. You may think you got help from Teller and all of a sudden somebody comes up and you don't got that help. So now your kick slide is not deep enough that you're supposed to get. So, you know, pass block, that's why it's encouraging for him because I would I agree with I that. Would, right. I would you say, think hey, he's getting better. The, the, the harder the hard part, part I've got down. Considering yeah. he's a fourth round rookie. Yes. His pass blocking has been pretty good. Yes. I, I'll accept that. That's I mean, he's been better than average. He's blown away the former first round left tackle. Oh, yeah. In his numbers. The, the Wills thing is, I know we got two more to get to. The Wills thing is just baffling to me. He's, he, I, I just don't, <laughs> he's fallen off a cliff this year. <laughs> just, I mean, when I was out here defending him, it was based on past years. Uh, There's nothing to defend this year. No, and I don't know how we still. Let's see the guards, Mike. Yeah, so we talked about the tackles. and Why are we blowing off Pochich? Just because we don't have enough time? We'll probably not have enough time. All right, Because Batonio, I know we're going to spend a little bit yeah. of time on. He's next. So we're going to go overall, run block, pass block. I'm going to give you a little context to each of those. So overall, Batonio's been fine. He's not been the all-pro, all-world Batonio we'd be accustomed to, but he's been fine. His 65.2 overall grade ranks 25th. His pass blocking grade, a 74th, 13th out of 97. A 51.1 run blocking grade. To give you a little context on those, it's the lowest overall grade of his career. It's the lowest run grade of his career, and it's the first time he's ever been in the 50s as a run blocker, according to PFF. And his pass blocking grades have been an 80-plus in each of the last seven seasons. How old is he? You asked Petonia. How old is he? And real quick, 32. in terms of the pass block, yeah. he's 32. Oh. He's allowed eight pressures this season, same as Dewan Jones. That's on pace for 34, which is typically league average. Well, He's never allowed more than 22 in each of the last seven seasons. So, Batonio has even taken a bit of a step back Jason, early on this season as well. Do you – would Batonio acknowledge he's not been as good this year? Or do you think he looks at this and says, that's bogus? This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. I haven't asked him. Yeah, you should. But uh, the thing that's concerning about this, I think we were starting to allude to it. He's 32 years old. Yeah. And they just redid his contract which makes it harder to get out of it. So if, if this is the cliff that he's teetering toward, he's got a dead cap hit next year of $8 million. In 2025, it's $5 million. He's yeah. got $14 million in dead cap spread out over the next three years he, after this year. Here's the only thing I'd say about that is 
you could live with a, a slightly less Betonio. Yes. He's yeah. still good. Yeah. He's just not playing. He's no and, and he maybe may it's not just be the early season. guard that he once oh, was. Right. You can't redo the entire offensive line no. and they're gonna need to fix left tackle. It, it, if he was 29 and starting to decline, I think you'd be okay. You know, this is Nat, but he's 32. So what? You it's getting completely it, off the cliff. I think well, here. you know, at that position, usually it's dramatic. When, yeah. you, when it goes, it, it goes fast. Yeah. You, you you wake up one day and you just not strong. And you don't got the base and the feet. And I see what they was doing. They was expecting Jed Wills to pick up where he left. Now he helped. He helped Jed. Now he Jed Wills. Is is a dominant force, yeah. and now he's giving Batonio some help. Yeah, yeah the Browns, it hasn't worked out. And that it way. Has the Browns not have been that all way. in right, though, for a number of years. They've been all in on spending more than most teams on the offensive line. Yes, and right now it's a disaster. If Joel can hold on, wait a at couple this, years. If Joel can hold on at this level for two more years, they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. they'll yeah, be yeah. okay. It's the concern of where's the cliff. Yeah, right. if the erosion continues, like if he can hold this. Yeah. But oftentimes we've seen at that position. Right. Like you said, you wake up and, and all of a sudden it just is going downhill. And the question is, it's only four games, so it's a small sample size right now. Does he get back to where he's been? Yeah. The rest of the year, or does he keep going down? I also right. think it's fair to say he it, offensive line is about trust. That's why they are the tightest in the group. Right? right. They hang out. They they. I don't. You look at Betonio. I just don't think that he has faith in Jet Wills. Like I don't think he no. has faith when when he he has a, a twist or a text. He knows that hey, I'm going to pass this off. You know, linemen and guards they pass that off seamlessly. Right. So it, if he's blocking somebody and then he lets them go because he thinks that Jed has them and he don't do nothing, he turn around and look. He's going to start saying, "No, nah, well, I'm going to be looking crazy. I'm going to just block that guy." I'm and gonna... I wonder, in a in a, if you spoke to if anybody spoke to Batonio, but if you spoke to him because you're in the locker room, and and you gave him truth serum, mm-hmm. and you said, "Joel, are you playing worse?" And if if he believes he's playing worse, does he think it's on him? Does he think part of the reason he's playing worth worse is because? Jed Wills has been so bad. Yeah. You, you're honest. That's something. that's a fair point because this the the strength of this line is the interior center yeah. and two guards. Yep. But now you've got Wills who's a complete disaster on this side. So Joel's got to babysit him, yep. and you've got Wyatt babysitting Dewand on this side, telling yep. him where to go and what to do. So the guards are playing now. Both guards are playing two spots. Yeah, yeah. And, b- and now well, that, yeah. that makes perfect sense, right? I, I mean, mean, it's got to be some. He's, part it's of obvious the factor. that Wills has gone way down really quickly, and if he's got a spend more time cleaning up his messes, he's going to grade less than he has been because he's right. not worried about his guy. He's right. worried about yeah. the entire side of that. And line. now maybe Pochich doesn't play. We got last one. We'll save the Pochich stuff. Maybe that'll be an overtime nugget I give out to our members of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. But we've got Showtime no overtime coming today. up in a sec. I can still put it on the members uh, of the community tab. There's good. ways to get information to All our right. members because they deserve it. Uh, Wyatt Teller, very similarly graded to Batonio. He's actually been a little better than Batonio. If you look at the PFF yeah. grades and the numbers, his overall grades, two spots higher, slightly higher pass blocking grade, a 74.8, a 63.3 run block grade, which is 20 spots higher than Batonio. He's only allowed five pressures. When you add the pressures combined on the left side of the line versus the right side, Jones and Teller combined have allowed 13 pressures. It's 26 between Wills and Batonio. Most of the pressures, Double. yeah. Most of the pressures coming from the left side, which is not ideal yeah. for a quarterback. I no, gotta believe Wills is factoring into Batonio. <laughs> I think somewhat. you're right. And Teller isn't having to provide as much help to Jones, right? Especially in the passing as game. As Batonio is 
to Will. Right, especially because Jones has been really good in the passing game. Right. Yeah. But what's interesting, what's really interesting about Wyatt Teller there, Mike, if you brought the, if you bring that back up, is that more than anybody else on this line, Wyatt Teller has, in his career here, has been a way better run blocker than pass yeah. blocker. Yes. Yeah. Way better. He's been like an elite run blocker and a you know solid pass but blocker. But this year it's different. This year he's been... Yeah, I mean, his run blocking, it's not bad. I mean, it's not terrible. It's, his pass block is almost top that's 10% crazy. of the league. For context, it's his highest pass blocking grade of his career. Yeah. And his lowest run blocking yeah. grade since 2019. Well, and where has Jones been strongest this year? In the pass In block. In the pass game. So he's having to worry about helping him less. And it's allowing him to be better at his position. That's that's why I always say, when it comes to the offensive line, you're as good as your weakest link. That's right. And right now, that weak link is very weak, and it's pulling everyone Wills else down. Wills is killing them. He Wills is, is killing they've them. They've got to make. If you a move. replace Jed Wills with an adequate, not great, adequate left tackle, they would be way better Collins, across the board. And by the way, I'm, yeah, I think he's adequate. I'm not 100% sure at this and, point. And it's just not the, it's just not the tackles. It's, yeah. it's the tight end, too. You have to chip more, so he's out in less routes. People say, where's the joke you at? Well, right. he's helping block. Yeah, that's, that's where scheme comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.